What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of On the Power Play. Episode Chris Chelios, episode Ooh. 24. Uh, it says here on the uh, thehockeywriters.com, Chris Chelios is another player whose resume sets him apart from his competition. He holds the record for the longest career among defensemen at 26 seasons. In his tenure, he won three Norris trophies and three Stanley Cups. It is me, your boy, Brian, always joined by my two co-hosts, Adam and Matt. How we doing, boys? It's a, it's a playoff Tuesday, man. How it is a playoff Tuesday. We got playoff hockey, baby. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, so obviously this episode is going to be mostly playoff dominated things that we've observed from the limited first round action that we've gotten so far obviously no north division to talk about as of yet but the playoffs have begun um i do want to bring that up first before we start getting into like specific stuff that we've observed and everything Uh, i want to get into with this whole delay of the north division playoffs right do you think it's an unfair advantage to the teams that will end up facing them in the conference round because i'm assuming they're going to be delayed for the remainder of the playoffs no or is it like a schedule i would imagine it would depend how long the series goes for i mean if say like toronto and edmonton sweep then it's just a matter of when Okay, so that's true, obviously. What I okay. think it would come down to. Just in my head, it seemed confusing. I was like, that could be an unfair advantage for when they get to the conference because that one team could of the be day, incredibly well-rested. At the end of the day, we just have to remember, hashtag blame the Canucks. Hashtag blame the Canucks. And uh, we, will get into, we will get into some Canucks news later in the episode because there's something very interesting with them going on. However, there's a lot of, going on with them, actually, now that I think about it. There's a lot. Yes, there is. Exactly. Um, but let us first uh, indulge ourselves and in what we've seen from the playoffs so far. We're going to go from series to series and kind of discuss what we've observed and throw some things out there and everything. I got a couple of points in a couple of different series. I know you guys do as well. So let's let's just get into it. Shall we? We're going to start on the left of the screen because that's how we read here in America with the Colorado avalanche against the St. Louis blues. Uh, currently Colorado leads that series one, nothing. Um, from what I observed from that first game, that Landish cog Shen fight. Holy shit. Oh my God. Working. That whole melee at the end of the <laughs> game was pretty wild. I didn't I saw know the these melee. teams hate each other like this. Oh yeah. They they way too familiar. I mean, familiar with each other. Yeah, for sure. Especially with how the season went, the whole divisional thing and everything like that. But man, these two got some, got some hatred built up for each other. I'd like, I expected like, obviously things like that to occur in the first round, you know, teams want to get off to a gritty start because that's going to cause momentum. Everything's like that. But man, I thought Landish Cog and Shen were going to like actually murder each other. Those were some haymakers from guys that don't really fight i don't know if either of them have a recorded fight on the season i could on the season i mean landis cog landis cog's a leader who's willing to drop the gloves and shen has always been a kind of guy who uh has been able to fight he usually fights big names like i remember when he Mm -hmm. when the flyers played the capitals he fought tj oshi he's he's fought mostly guys who aren't just there to fight you know. Yeah, Shen Shen's kind of a statement fighter from what I remember in his time as a flyer. But if I recall correctly, uh, 
since I also follow the blues, he doesn't much fight anymore because he's more of that veteran leadership guy on the bench and on the ice. He doesn't really much drop gloves anymore because he's really valuable, mostly on their, on their um, penalty kill unit and their other uh, different special teams units uh, because he is that stoic. Uh, how, how would I put it? Stoic uh, veteran presence out there. Um, so have, the, the history of Gabriel, Gabriel Landeskog's fights. Okay. That, it, that? I, it sounds already like it's a short list from how you're presenting uh, this. Three, six, nine, ten total fights in his career. Any this year? No, uh, other than the Shen uh, fight. one last night. No. His exactly. Last fight, his last fight before last night's was back in December of 2019. And I don't know if he was itching to get into one, but man, did it look like it. Okay. It looked like he was itching to punch somebody in the face. Cause that was quite the fight. Uh, the difference, or for, for comparison's sake, Braden Shen has had four fights this year with his okay. last fight being two months ago. Okay. So, so Shen's got a little bit of the fighting chops so far this year, but Hey, I gotta say Landerskog, you held your own big guy. I mean, Braden Shen's, I mean, he's not necessarily the best fighter in the league, but he's definitely no, you know, pushover competition. He's a bit of a tough cookie. So wait, hold your own there. Just throw some haymakers and tuck your head in and see what happens. Um, but uh, Matt, you wanted to comment a little bit on the uh, the goaltenders uh, in, this, oh, uh, in this game? Yeah, the little uh, Jordan Bennington being held back. When have we talked about that before? I have not a clue. I, I don't. <laughs> no. Here on I, all I've the never power seen play. That. <laughs> yeah, Jordan uh, Bennington wanted to get at Philip Grubauer. I think a lot of this has to stem from the comment Ryan O'Reilly made saying, oh, we're going to have fun and we're going to beat him. Kind of, that usually ruffles some feathers. It will mostly ruffle some feathers. I mean, I love O'Reilly. I think he's uh, a great leader, and that's why he's wearing the C for that team. But – needless to say Jordan Bennington has kind of been on a hothead streak this year which is odd because the last two years he was just kind of quiet I guess you could say a little bit not not really super hot-headed but it seems like this year for whatever reason he's just popping off and saying everything that he wants to say and making a big scene about it for from for the most part it, am, am I wrong in that observation yeah I think you're pretty spot on I feel yeah, like I don't Probably I don't know what's up with him, but with the way their season has gone, I mean, I don't think they really expected to be, you know, fourth seed, uh, and you know, squeaking into the playoffs the way they did. Mm. So I think that has kind of a little bit to do with a lot of the the feistiness, if you will, coming from Mister Bennington. But I'm I don't think you're too far off on that assumption, honestly. Well, yeah, especially because he himself has had kind of a down year, not like mm-hmm. a uh, very dominant season they did end up making the playoffs which thank god for his sake but man if they didn't make the playoffs there would be a lot of questioning i mean there's already questions surrounding it but there'd be a lot of questions surrounding jordan bennington and uh i i don't know if this uh this whole fire lit under his ass thing is because of that or if he feels like that gives him a competitive edge to compete better i mean obviously colorado did end up winning the game but uh the when it comes down to it i think hey a little edge here and there Always helpful for anybody when it comes to hockey. Yeah. So that is not a problem with me. Uh, any other observations from the uh, Colorado St. Louis game, gentlemen? Uh, 
speaking of Bennington, that amazing save on, I think it was Rantanen, uh, lifts oh, yes. that up. That was gorgeous. I was able, you know, to see that live, which I love. I, I always love fantastic saves like that. Uh, obviously, you know me, but like, oh man, watching that on, <laughs> on replay is just, just oh goodness. Bing had I to mean, had to lock the door, and I'm uh, getting all hot and bothered over here just just thinking woo-woo. about. It. And I think the other thing to note is the uh, the exclamation point that McKinnon put on the empty net goal at the end of the game last night. I thought was that that was a message being sent to everybody. Yes, uh, yes, it was. We're, we're here to play. Chill out. We're we're well, here. Well, the Avalanche have kind of been on this tear the last couple of seasons of being a really good team and then doing jack shit in the playoffs. So I think, honestly, Jared McKinnon is pissed. Nathan. Oh, Nathan, sorry. I keep doing that. He, Okay, Jarek McKinnon plays in the NFL. Nathan McKinnon plays in the NHL. I keep doing no that all the time. No relation. No relation. No relation whatsoever. Oh, get it together, Brian. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it makes sense, and especially because I'm pretty sure they said on the broadcast last night that it's cup or bust for Colorado right now. It really is. That's, uh, that, that is the, the word in the locker room. It is cup or bust, and if they bust – I'm afraid to see where this team, you know, goes because there could be a fire sale going on in that locker room. And then who knows where the team goes from there. Once you start pulling pieces apart like that, you're either going to reestablish the franchise or completely burn yourself. And you're already going to have guaranteed pieces taken away from you with the expansion draft forthcoming. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, basically, this this is it. This is like, a contract year for Landis Scott too. I'm yeah, so he could I mean he could be McKinnon that are looking at a new deal. So I mean they could be out there in free agency world and if the Avalanche don't get it done, I don't see what their motivation to come back would be. Other than they love Colorado or, or what have you. But you know, if you're gonna have a bunch of regular season success with the franchise and continuously fall short in the playoffs, that's going to get bothersome at some point. Yeah. Um, and I really think for them the goaltending needs to hold up. Uh I like Philip Grubauer as as a goaltender. Like I think he's very good. Uh do I think he's one of those goaltenders that's going to take you on his back all the way to the cup? No, no, I don't. So they're going to have to That's, play in front of him, and he's going to have to play probably the best in his entire career. And I think they have the defensive core to do that. I mean, guys, guys like Gerard, Taves, Graves, a lot of those guys I think can help them. And then you put Kale McCarr into that mix just as the offensive presence that he is. Mm-hmm. They they have – on paper, this is a cup-winning team. Like, this team should have won a cup already. And that, that's that's exactly the, the problem in Colorado is they have a cup-winning roster, but no cup which is incredibly frustrating for not only the organization, but the players that are in it. So uh, we'll have to, I mean, there, I have them going. I mean, obviously we'll do this as the, the podcast goes on, but you guys will see unless things change, which they can, cause it's not written down on paper yet. Uh, I have them going to the, the finals this year. That's a fair assumption. I don't know if I agree. That's a fair assumption. I just think that, I mean, they have the team to do it. I need, I need to see the first round play out before I pick my cup winner. Because it's such a hard year to predict. You got to see who, who looks like what. Exactly. And I completely agree with you there, Matt. But, like, I mean, just from 
how the season has gone from what I've assessed uh, from the season. I really think this is a team that could get there now, depending on who they end up getting there against is a totally different story because that could change everything basically. But, you know, it is what it is Uh, to move forward in that division. We have the Vegas Golden Knights and the Minnesota Wild. The Minnesota Wild up one nothing in this series. Big surprise. I love it. I love it so much. I love every second about it. I need it injected into my veins. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was such a tight game. Overtime, one nothing. Holy stress. I don't know if you guys watched this game, but my I was, I was goodness, watching. Holy stress for that game. Did you see uh, anything of note there, Matt, out of that one? Do you think um, um, probably the biggest headline coming out of that game or just the storyline is that Vegas shot the puck from anywhere and everywhere and they still couldn't buy a goal. So that kind of makes you think, is that in their heads? Because that was kind of the storyline the last time when they were in the bubble, you know. Can, so, um, but it's kind of funny how the main storylines are all from Vegas. Like Marc-Andre Fleury is – a headline their uh biggest golden knights offense is a headline and kind of the team that's up one nothing kind of is under the radar but they're you know they're able to hold them steady uh yeah agreed and i mean it's pretty much always going to be a mark andre Fleury show when it comes yeah. to the golden knights he he owns that team and you're right vegas did shoot anywhere and and from anywhere and everywhere 42 shots total uh most shots of the game coming in the first period when they had 19 on net and minnesota only had five um minnesota was outshot by 12 with 30 total shots so when it really comes down to it it makes you start to think that whole theory of of the puck's not going to go in unless you shoot it well need a quality shot on net. I think this was an argument that Matt and I had in an earlier podcast where I was getting frustrated with the flyers for not shooting the damn thing. And Matt was like, you need quality shots to go in. And you know, Matt, I got to say your argument here is holding up because Vegas put 42 pucks on net last night and not a single one of them went in. So It's going to be interesting to see uh, what uh, portrays, I think um, I think we all had this series going deep. So I had it seven to Minnesota. So I think I had six. Did you have Minnesota? I thought you had Vegas. I have Vegas at six. I think. Yeah, Bing. I had you penciled in for six Vegas. Oh, I might have changed that last second. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> I think I think your initial I think your initial pick was Minnesota until I told you they were playing Vegas. Ah, yes. Right. Um, okay. Well, I still would love it if Minnesota did end up winning because uh, I agree, dude. It's 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 the Wild. Any success coming from the Wild is uh, it, it just it just makes you feel good in in your heart. You're like, okay, I'm, this is fine. I'm fine with I'm, this. I'm gonna make another point. Um, so I don't know about you boys, but uh, one of my favorite shows on TV is uh, Bar Rescue. Which oh, was I on do. Spike. I do love that show. And John Taffer, who I follow on the social medias, he is a huge hockey fan and a massive Vegas Golden Knights fan. 
So it's nice to watch him, you know, enjoy the sport I've loved since I was a little kid. That's I cool. do. I do love Bar Rescue. That show is incredible. Um, Did you see he's doing a new show where it's about saving marriages? No way. Oh, no I, way. They're letting him save marriages? That's what I said when I saw the commercial. I he said, is how divorces happen. <laughs> True. John Taffer causes divorces. I don't. I don't care what you say. I mean, there have been plenty of times where he's almost torn. Ooh, goodness gracious! Um, no, we, where he's almost <laughs> torn down entire restaurants, and now, now you're gonna let him into your marriage? You kidding me? Well, don't mind the ping that just happened. Someone took a shot on Bing and it went off the post. Yeah, uh, you know, post is my friend. It, 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 I'm gonna rub it like uh, give it a, like flurry. Give it a little kiss. Give it a little kissy kiss. Yeah. Uh, the post is your friend until it ricochets off the post and goes in. Then you uh, then you give it True. a yule smack with your stick. The amount of sticks I broke on a uh, crossbar in my day. I believe it. I yeah. believe. A couple th- a couple thousand. No, oh, like what dollars? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Possibly. <laughs> he doesn't want to think about it. I don't, I don't want, want to think, think about, about it. it all. I don't want to think about it at all. It was much easier in college when you had like a plethora of sticks at your at your use. I actually had a I broke two and uh my coach had to pull me aside and go, Hey, let's out. uh let's not do that anymore, shall we? <laughs> you like, gotta keep it together, goalie. I was, I was like, Hey, how about you, you know? coach a better defense in front of me and then that turned into a screaming match and it was just it, it, you get it it yeah. happens yeah. i'm, I'm a bit of a are hothead you, are you watching the phillies brian uh not right now why I, dude, I, it's so nice at cbp dude it's i'm like, going i'm going on thursday um oh enjoy uh, for my uh for my girlfriend's birthday happy birthday to her by the way um, shout out yeah, it's, it's, go- just, it's gorgeous out we it is going to be so incredibly beautiful on Thursday. It's like 89, partly cloudy. Oh, goodness gracious. But we're a hockey podcast, damn it. Let's get back into hockey. You, you uh, know what else is beautiful? The Vegas Golden Knights Minnesota Wild Series. <laughs> yes, agreed. Uh, so with Minnesota leading one nothing, am I teetering more towards Minnesota? Not necessarily because it is Vegas and they are quite the formidable, uh, formidable opponent um but let's let's be honest it's it was one goal in overtime i mean it was so it was it wasn't a blowout it wasn't a blowout it was it was a tight game so i mean if the series stays that way i think it's a toss-up if and we'll talk about the series coming up the carolina nashville series that's a series i would be more concerned if i'm nashville because oh for certain yeah like that but um, as far as the tight series like Minnesota Vegas, this is still anybody's series. It really could go either way. And you're right, uh, Adam. I did have Vegas in six. And I think at, at this point, that could go, it could go seven to either. Yeah, it really could. With uh, how that game was played. I mean, obviously, we have to see how the rest of the series pans out. But damn, that was a tight tonight. one. That was um, a tight one. Oh, my goodness. See the series tonight. See the series tonight. Ooh. All right, to move forward. Into the uh, what is this? The uh, north, no, because the north hasn't played anything yet. So, this was the not the east, this would be the central, right? Ah, I think that's the central, okay? Yeah, uh, Carolina Nashville, Uh, Carolina leads the series one nothing. Uh, what was the score of that game? Five to two, five to two, uh, Carolina. Look. 
I didn't get to watch this game. Uh, however, did I? however, I did hear about how it went, and it looked like Nashville was a step behind all game, uh, which we kind of expected going into this. I think we all picked Carolina. I don't know. Did any of us call the sweep, or did we all say five? I think we I all said about five. five. I had yeah, I five. five. Adam had five. Matt had five. We all have Carolina in five. So we do believe that Nashville can win one game because – after all, it is the playoffs. You know, these things do even happen when bad teams play good teams. Um, but I, really, you have to kind of sit back and understand that, yeah, Nashville got really hot at the end of the year, which is great for them. But it's the playoffs now, and you're playing one of the better teams in the league, not just you're the best in the division, which they are. Uh, but, it, you know. Nashville's not coming out of that series. If it goes past five, I'll be surprised, but I really think you might as well just hand this series off to Carolina. Cause I think that they're just, they're just the ones that are going to win it. I don't, I don't know if you guys defer on that, but yeah, no, I'd agree. I think the biggest stories coming out of uh, the, that game last night was mm-hmm. return of the fans. Yeah. And, and uh, I believe there was, I'm seeing here that they were having, they were allowing a capacity of 12,000 fans. I don't know if that was what was there last night. It sure looked like it. It did sure look like it. That is for certain. It's uh, it's awesome to see the fans coming back and they were eating up that game last night. Oh, absolutely. Oh my goodness. Like the team brought back the storm surge for the playoffs. I'm in love with that. Uh, well, I mean, the storm surge is really for the fans, so they just didn't do it in the regular season because who are you going to do it for, you know? I don't even know if they did it much last season, to be honest with you, like before the lockout. I thought they did it down pretty much all last year. No, am I mistaken? I don't. I vaguely remember a time where they said, eh, we're going to do away with it because they got a lot of... They did catch a lot of flack for it. Yeah, that did happen. And then I think they kind of... jerks. A bunch they, of jerks. They, yeah, <laughs> it was jerks. Um, but I think they brought it back for like a special occasion. Maybe when uh, Williams came back when, when he signed for the right, yeah. When he minimum, signed, back I think with he them. came back and they did it. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't think they did it much last season before the lockout. Or the um, yeah. Here's my thing: is uh, look as far as those bunch of jerks is concerned. Uh, in the battle of that scenario, the one guy is unemployed because he's a douche, and the other team is one of the best in the NHL. So, how's that Look bunch how of that jerks going out. for you, Don Cherry? <laughs> Jackass. Anyways, moving Damn. forward. Damn. <laughs> I have absolutely no remorse for that, man. Um, moving forward, because that series is uh, – I'm not going to call any series in the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs a lock, but this is basically uh, That was close to it. I yeah. think honestly, I think all the locks are going to come out of the uh, the north. To be perfectly honest with you, uh, yeah, no, I can I can agree with that. But I would like to see some some testy battles in the north, and I think that is what's going to happen. But uh, move forward to the next series in the central, the battle of Florida man to win the ever so elusive Gator that I have uh, still had yet to ship. Uh, he ended up. Uh, wriggling out of the uh, package and is uh, somewhere lurking in my home, prepared to kill me with his, uh, with his powerful bite. I am just waiting on the sweet release of gator death moving forward. Um, like Chubbs. <laughs> like Chubbs. Yeah, like Chubbs, exactly. Um, sweet but, release. <laughs> but uh, 
the this series so far one nothing Tampa. Uh, what was the final score of that game? They won by one with yeah, a goal. So, uh, one minute eighteen five, seconds left by brain point. A uh, high scoring affair in that one, which I think we came to expect with these two offenses. I thought How the about- goaltenders were going to be a bit better, but uh, alas, not so much. You know, it's it's got it's got a feeling like a run and gun series. Like yeah, once once a sub team gets a puck at the blue line, they're gonna get running. Um, how about Jonathan Huberdo and Nikita Kucherov? Especially Nikita, his first game back, first game of the season, both had a three point night. I saw a post on Twitter that was like Nikita Kucherov playing dead for the entire year to help Tampa Bay with cap just to return back in the playoffs in perfect <laughs> form. <laughs> I was like. Damn, he probably did do that, didn't he? Because you know, we all know Tampa Bay is in cap hell. So yes, um, Nikita's just playing dead for a whole season, then comes back in the playoffs. That's incredible. See, I wonder now if that raises a question as to if the league will look at that and be like, uh, no, let's not do that anymore. And start hey, it, restrictions. I mean, sure, restrictions after the fact, but the fact that they were able to exploit something like that this time, genius. Oh, yeah, no, like, it's a genius genius move. Exactly. Will the league be like, all right, you got away with it this season. Let's put the kibosh on that really quick, yeah. Or will they just be like, you know what, playoffs are a cash cow. Let's uh, let the stars shine in the playoffs and not worry about it. We'll sweep it under the rug. My fear is something like that will end up turning the, uh, the NHL into the NBA, which I can't stand. That's fair. Um, star players shouldn't be getting sat during the regular season or the regular season doesn't matter at all. So um, I'm not going to get into that because uh, I think we That's all fair. know my opinions on the NBA. But uh, this series is going to be tight. Uh, you could already tell from just that game. Uh, as far as our picks are concerned, Matt has Tampa in seven. Adam has Tampa in six. And uh, ye old Brian has got Florida in seven. Ew. So I got I got the Panthers. Got the under undercats. The undercats, this, if this you will, which series, is wild because of the second seat. So don't understand that much. Really makes you like, you know, it's you love hockey because these two teams hate each other. Oh my so gosh, the battle like, of Florida is incredible. Yeah, it's just kind of just shows how weird these past two years been. I messaged my friend saying, you know, it's years 2020 and 2021, the ho- uh, Florida became the state of hockey. Isn't it wild? It's, like to look at this now and be like, oh, my God, the Panthers and the Lightning are not only in the playoffs, but two very good teams. <laughs> get, get used to it. I mean, I'm okay with getting used to it. I always found it funny growing up. My dad would always joke that uh, is there even ice in Florida um, which like, haha, very funny. It's, it's indoors dad, get it together. Um, but like, it's, it's weird. Cause Florida's not supposed to be the state of a winter sport. That's just, I mean, I'm just saying it's a fact. Uh, but what I am saying is that these two, I'm not going to call them dynasties, obviously, cause we don't know, but these two are going to be down each other's throats for, probably next three to four years if everything maps out, uh, especially for the whole goaltending scenario in Florida. For the next three, four years, this is going to be a just an absolute dogfight for the it's, state of Florida. It's and I am absolutely here for it. It's funny you mentioned the goaltending because Florida is actually making the choice to 
pull Bobrovsky for uh, game two, and they're going to play Chris Dredger for number two. So it'll be interesting to see how that shakes things up. Is it going to be a tighter game? Is it going to be another blowout? I like that because Dredger played well during the regular season. Uh, I don't know his specific stats, but I do know that he was maybe not one of the top goalies in the league, but he was definitely nothing to sniff at. You know, the, the kid was good. I have his stats right here. This season, he was uh, 14 wins, six losses, three OT losses, goals against of 2.07, and a save percentage of 0.927 with three shutouts on the season. Exactly. So he played very well. So let's find out if he can pull that off of the playoffs because I'm going to need Florida to tie this, this, this bitch up. Okay, I don't want him going down 2-0, 3-0, and then have to – claw their way back did anybody see the the the, the singular rat that got, uh, the rat that got thrown onto the netting no i didn't yeah I so um i it looked like it was just one so i don't think it was an organized thing like it was when the panthers made that run in the early 2000s but i didn't know marshan even played for florida to be perfect <laughs> <Awesome>. nice. <laughs> nice 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 way I to go I'm proud, I'm proud of you for that one that was a good one <laughs> that was a good one i missed that train uh, yeah, yeah, I, I can't believe you would you would miss that, buddy. How like how how could you miss that blockbuster trade? I feel like I would That's hate Marshawn worse if he played for, or uh, hate Marshawn less if he played for Florida. Just the uh, fact that he plays for Boston that just but, speaking, grinds my gears. Speaking of players that were traded, Sam Bennett suspended the game. Yes, uh, let's break that down. So. First and foremost, do you think it was suspension worthy, especially with the recent suspension drama? I'm not going to yeah. lie. I didn't even see it. So, Fish, take it away. Yeah, I thought it was suspension worthy. I, I had my eyes pop out. I was like, wow, he just charged him and hit him from behind. Like, I get it. This series is a war. It's already game one. But, like, let's hold, let's hold down the law, you know? Yeah, and, and agreed. Uh, I mean, the playoffs do sometimes become unhinged, but, you know, the board of player safety still has to have a pulse on the, on the situation and protect their players. But uh, for Sam Bennett, do you think it was kind of a statement move that he was willing to do anything for his new team? I think so. You know, he wants to show that he's fully committed. Um, I don't, I don't know how much playoff experience he had while in Calgary. Right. Limited, limited. I I don't think they ever made it out of the first round. So, yeah, I don't think they ever made it out of the first round with uh, Sam Bennett on that team. No? Am I mistaken? Not that, I, not that I'm aware of. Yeah. I can't um, think of any many times that Calgary was in the playoffs, to be honest with you. They were a handful of times, but it just seemed like they could never get out of the first round. Kind of a uh, – kind of in in a very Nashville Predators fashion before they, uh, the uh, cup run. Uh, they just couldn't make it out of the first round for some reason. But – um, this series is going to be fun to watch moving forward because when you have a suspension in game one on a hit-based uh, infraction, it's going to get testy. That's going to happen every single time. And it's game one, which makes it even better because now you have an entire series to look forward to being all testy and stuff. So love that for uh, mostly for us because uh, you get to watch it. So that's, that's the best part. See that later tonight when we are recording this. Exactly. So, moving into the last division who has played in the playoffs, the East. Uh, the first matchup being the Pittsburgh Penguins and the New York Islanders. The Islanders coming out with a win in game one to lead the series one nothing. 
again in overtime. Um, lots, lots of overtime. Yes, lots, lots and lots of overtime. Uh, Islanders winning 4-3. So, about this series. I thought, I thought that, uh, honestly, the Islanders were going to have a clear advantage. And uh, in game one, it has been made abundantly clear to me they do not. Uh, this is going to be a lot tighter of a series than I had expected unless that was kind of a flash in the pan scenario for the Penguins. Uh, I know that Matt, you have Pittsburgh in seven. Uh, Adam, you have uh, the Islanders in seven and I have the Islanders in seven. So we knew it was going to be kind of tight, but my Islanders in seven pick was kind of just like a uh, man. I hope I'm wrong on the in seven part. Cause I just don't feel like thinking Pittsburgh is going to make it out of the first round. I just can't handle that emotionally. I don't like it. <laughs> I would say while we're recording this, there's about four minutes left in the first and Pittsburgh is up to nothing. I did see that. Um, I mean, listen, it's Sidney Crosby and the Pittsburgh Penguins. They're going to be in the conversation no matter what. Yeah, and I know. I know. Wheels fall off the Sidney Crosby wagon. So I, I was just kind of hoping that they would lose egregiously to the Islanders in this series and that the, uh, and that they would blow up like they would just sell house and fire, sell everybody so that I could uh, not have to deal with that anymore, which would <laughs> I mean, be you're talking, fine. You're talking about a Penguins team that neither of us expected to win their division and they walked away winning their division. It is true. That is true. I mean, it, it can go either way. I still think it'll be a tight series. It's just, it's, I think honestly, it's going to come down to whose offense dries up the soonest and whose goaltending propels them forward. I don't know if the winner of the series makes it out of round number two. Um, but as of right now, it's going to be a tight series and I'm hoping for the Isles to win it. Yeah. I'm, I'm still, I'm still pushing the button on the Isles on this one. I just think that to get like what I said uh, last episode, I think all in all, they're just the better put together team, better coached, better sized, better skilled. Um, so, but yeah, it's the Penguins in the playoffs. I mean, that's just, we've seen it. What feels like hundreds of times. Um, Sid the kid, man, Sid the kid. He's just, he's just going to keep doing his thing. And he's like Yarmir Yager. He's just going to do it until he dies. I swear. Um, maybe, maybe. Maybe to move into the last series to discuss Capitals and Bruins. We knew this was going to be uh, tight and we knew it was going to be aggressive, but man, oh man, we already got Brad Marchand doing douchebag stuff. Uh, sending <laughs> a nut shot to a Washington Capitals player in and around the crease. However, and I hate to compliment this man because I hate him a lot. During warmups in game one, they were in Washington and uh, Brad Marchand saw that a puck had gone over the net and hit a little girl in the face. Uh, he saw that and uh, he pulled an official over and he was like, hey, that little girl got hit in the face. I signed this stick. Could you give it to her? And so Brad Marchand gave his signed stick to a, to a little Capitals fan. It wasn't even a little Bruins fan. So I do have to say, as much as Brad Marchand aggravates me, and I think he might be one of the worst human beings ever, that was a very nice gesture. Um, so I do have to say that. But the back to the nut shot, because I'm just going to get back to being angry at Brad Marchand. Um, look, 
did he mean to do it? I don't believe so because his head was down. He looks like he was just kind of chopping at somebody's leg, but ended up sending his, his knuckles into somebody's groin area. Uh, but these are the type of things that if you're the league, you got to keep an eye on, especially specifically because you have a series that has Brad Marchand and Tom Wilson in it. Yeah. If, if this gets chippier, we're going to start reaching some dangerous territory where they're going to become unhinged those two, because we've seen it before. We've seen that they're capable of it. And uh, yeah, I mean, honestly though, when you come to thinking about fears for unsafe play, Tom Wilson, just being Tom Wilson, duh. Uh, but yeah. for Brad Marchand, honestly, you might need to think about keeping a close eye on what's happening around Brad Marchand. Cause yes, he's annoying. And yes, he does take some cheap shots, but I don't know if you guys have ever. Uh, so, you know, just uh, just a little thing that I do to make myself feel better. I kind of look up on YouTube cheap shots on Brad Marchand. It makes me laugh. Uh, it's fun. Those videos exist, by the way. There's a plethora of them in there. I'm not surprised. With um, how much that yeah. man's hated, I'm not surprised. Exactly. But you got to start thinking about maybe he's the one in danger because he is a bit undersized. And Washington's a large team. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Those boys are big out there in the capital. So you got to start thinking. Do you think uh, you think maybe Brad Marchand's in more danger? <laughs> than- I think only if he, you know, results to typical Brad Marchand ways and starts. Well, that's what he's going to do. Things. But yeah, but I mean, if he's aware of the fact that, you know, I'm oversized here, I might cower in fear a little bit more than I normally do. It might, you know, not be a problem. But if, you know, he just continues on the path he usually goes down, then I think uh, a guy like Tom Wilson will step up and do do some Tom Wilson-y things. Look, but- I as, as you know, I don't support the things that Tom Wilson does. However, in this specific scenario, if Tom Wilson <laughs> wants to go full gorilla on Brad Marchand, all power to you. I'm not going to stop you. I'm not even going to complain uh, about it. In that same breath. I almost wonder if there's some level of respect that might come the Capitals' way for the simple reason that Chara's on the ice for them. Uh, I'd if there is, I don't like that. Well, I'm not saying like you know they're gonna play easy, but like. Well, no. What I'm saying is chippy. See, no, I don't. I don't believe that that should happen for the main reason of look, Zidano, who you play for, huh? Are you still a Bruin or are you a capital now? You got to make this shit known. That's, that's, fair. that's fair. You need to make your, you need to make your team believe that you're in it for that team. Not that you still have this soft spot for the Bruins and you're not going to play your hardest. Like if things get chippy and, and like, there's a whole line chipping away in the corner and Zidane Char is on the ice and starts skating towards the bench. That's a problem. We haven't seen that yet, but that's, that's a problem. That's a big problem. You need to be there for the team that you play for and the boys that you're in the locker room with. Zidane has played the entire season with Washington, so it's about time to decide who your yeah. uh, alliance lies with. Speaking of skating to the bench, though, how about mm-hmm. uh, who is that, Lars Eller, that pulled uh, a Marshawn and just left play while the puck was entering his zone and resulted in a goal? Oh, yes, I, that was Lars Eller. Um yeah, that's that's that. A, it sucks if you're Eller. It does. If you're the Bruins, but how does this keep happening? I don't. Look, I think. 
I think guys are becoming a little less vigilant of the game going on on the ice and a little more like, you know, coach told me to get off, so I'm going to get off. You got to keep looking around, though, to see where the puck is. I understand that your main goal is to get off the ice so that the fresh guy can come on. But sometimes, like, that puck's going to come towards you, and you have to you have to be ready for that. Especially if you're on the wrong side of the ice when it comes to your line changes. I mean, Washington was on the far bench. They weren't even on, like, the bench in their zone. Mm-hmm. So – it, it was clear as day. Eller went off and Orlov was at the complete opposite end of the ice when he hopped on. So there was no chance in hell that even if there was a chance to save that play, it, it wasn't happening at that end of the ice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some that's, an, that's an ugly look. Some communication has to be fixed there because I, I just don't understand how it keeps happening. Like and most I'm sh- the league. And I'm sure that's something that's going to be talked about in the locker room, obviously, because it did end up in a goal. Uh, but yeah, I think guys just maybe are a little less vigilant uh, as to like the action on the ice when it's their turn to get to the bench. Their 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 just thought process is main goal is get myself to the bench right now, instead of uh, focusing on what's going on around them, which is bad. Don't get me wrong; it's not a good thing. Uh, but I'm sure that's going to be addressed in the Washington locker room and it's probably not going to be a problem moving forward. All righty. So that was the playoff uh, kind of recap as we know so far, obviously next week we will thankfully have the North division to discuss. So that'll be fun. We'll kind of see how that's panning out for us Uh, so far. Not, I mean, we can't really make any suggestions right now. It's only been game one. What we can say is all of these series have been exciting so far. Uh, maybe, maybe except for the Carolina Nashville series, that one was kind of lackluster to, to be completely honest with you, but that's I mean, listen, what I expected out of that. That, that was a capacity crowd. So it was, I mean, that uh, was fun. Yeah. So that was cool to see, obviously. Uh, but to move forward uh, with some other NHL news for your ear holes, we got some news coming out of Vancouver. Uh, looks like the Canucks are in uh, talks with the Sedin twins uh, regarding a potential role with the organization. Uh, both Henrik and Daniel Sedin played their entire careers with the Canucks organization to, I'm going to claim, Hall of Famers. Uh, they should be, at least. Uh, I agree. Twins that literally not only are identical, but like I'm still trying to figure out where they look different when they both have shaved because for at least the latter part of the career, Daniel Sedin had the clean face and then Henrik had a beard. So you could at least tell by that, but man, I will, when you watch their, uh, their uh, banner ceremony, they're both clean shaven and they're wearing the same exact suit. I'm like, who is who? I don't, I cannot tell the two of you apart. I, whatever they do out there in, in Sweden, I don't know, but according to Darren Drager, um, with the speculation of changes within the Vancouver Canucks, I'm told Canucks ownership is involved in ongoing discussions with Henrik and Daniel Sedin about potential roles within the organization. Uh, management positions, perhaps, overseeing player development would make sense for Daniel and Henrik, allow them to grow and develop from the inside, similar to how the New York Rangers groomed Chris Drury. How do you guys feel about this? Do you think the Sedins would be good candidates for uh, front office positions? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, they were great captains. Yeah, they were. Um, They don't really speak much, so it's hard to say who's going to be the guy who steps up. But they're iconic for the 
organization that when you think of Vancouver Canucks, you think of one of the Sedin twins, mainly Daniel, because he was he was Daniel was captain, right? Uh, no, Henrik was the captain. Uh, Henrik oh, was the uh, ultimate Henrik. captain. Okay. And um, it was I funny mean, in the uh, early 2000s when uh, Matt Sundin was still on the team. So he was an alternate captain uh, next to a Sedin and another Sedin. Uh, very oh confusing, the pronunciations coming out of the early 2000s Vancouver Canucks. But then Matt Sundin gets traded to the Leafs and so on and so forth. But, yeah, I personally, I think it's a good move for the organization. Even if they're not, like, the best fit for whatever roles they're put into – you're right, Matt. They're like the face of the 2000s Vancouver Canucks. Like when you think of this team, at least our generation, when you think of the Vancouver Canucks, you absolutely immediately think of the Sedin twins and maybe Roberto Luongo. But Roberto Luongo already is within the organization for the Florida Panthers. So he's obviously not in the discussion. But you obviously think of the Sedin twins when you think of that team. So I think it would be good um, PR move for the team. I don't exactly know how it would be on an actual organizational level because Matt, you're kind of right. They were pretty quiet fellas, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Adam, what are you thinking? Uh, well, I will say this just in from Elliot Friedman on Twitter about say five minutes ago when we're recording this, uh, Elliot Friedman tweeted, quote, not sure what to expect for a timeline of announcements from the Canucks, but word tonight is Jim Benning was given indication in the last 24 hours that he is not to return. So uh, there's a lot of movement coming out of Vancouver right now. Well, I kind of expected that, though, you know. Yeah. Well, how the season went. When you see things like that, it's still kind of like, whoa. Like, look at what New York did and how much that kind of was like, what the hell? And they didn't have that tremendous of a season either. Mm -hmm. But um, as far as the Sedins go, I don't know where they go. I kind of wouldn't mind seeing them become coaches. I think uh, a head coach, assistant coach, Sadine tandem is kind of crazy. Yeah. Imagining how that works out. Um, I, do you think that would be a problem with the with the fact that they're brothers? Because I don't really – like, they didn't really have any problems being captains together, though, so. No. And, I mean, depend like, I don't know what a coaching dynamic needs to be for it to gel properly. I know a lot of coaches have their guys, like, when a head coach – goes to a team there's usually one or two or an entire staff that tends to follow them so i don't know what kind of chemistry has to be there for a coaching unit to work well but i mean just seeing how the sedines were on the ice i can't see why it wouldn't work in coaching but in that same breath a lot of players don't have what it takes to be coaches look at wayne gretzky that is true Good he was so Look at patrick wah mm-hmm yeah. Who, by the way, is currently a coaching candidate, if I'm not mistaken. I think I saw his name floating around there. So, I mean, there's any number of things I think the Sedins could slide into. Um, I think if I'm going to put a note on anything, I think coaching will probably be where they slot in. Um, maybe scouting, but I don't think they get too crazy of a role there, given, you know, that Jim Benning is now, quote unquote, out the door. I don't yeah. think become general manager maybe president of hockey operations but even that just doesn't seem like a role i can see the sedine slotting into so if i I think it would be i honestly agree i think it might be somewhere on the coaching staff coaching or uh, scouting is where i put my my stamp right on 
No, I can totally agree with that. Yeah. Uh, and to kind of wrap up the episode, we got a little fun thing for you here with Mark Shifley. Oh, do you want to talk <laughs> coaches before we go to Shifley? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Adam, go ahead. Hit, hit me with the – so there's a some coaching coaches movement, on the market. lots of stuff going on. So hit me with that. So um, we. I'll start with the Rangers. I mean, the Rangers just recently cleaned house uh, on the coaching side of things. Word is that uh, they're interested in uh, Rick Tockett, who is leaving the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, Tockett also has an interview with the Seattle Kraken coming into the league, which will finally give them a coach, which I think will probably start to help us frame an idea of what kind of team they're going to want to put together there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how much, uh, say, a, uh, a Gallant had into the say of what team they wanted to build in Vegas. But, I mean, if Tockett ends up there, who knows? Anything's possible there. Uh, Gallant also had meetings with the Rangers. It sounded like they went pretty well. Uh, no word yet on uh, Tortorella. Tortellini? I almost, I almost <laughs> went Tortellini. It was very nope. close. No word on Tortellini yet. <laughs> Tortellini out the oven. Who knows where he'll end up? No idea where Tortellini's going. But uh, I, I honestly don't know where he'll end up. There's a lot of teams that need coaches, but I don't know if anyone wants Tortorella right now. Uh, we'll see. I, he might become another uh, Mike Babcock for a little bit, to be perfectly honest with you. I, I could see him kind of going off into the shadows and then a team wanting to bring him back. Yeah, I could see that, especially with how things kind of ended uh, in yeah. Columbus. I feel like he might – he could even take a season off I could see that. Too. I could see that. I could yeah. see that. Um, but that's the big ones of note. Um, I think the Red Wings just recently re-signed their assistant coach. Or no, I, they, did, I did see that. Yeah, uh, they, they, they locked in. Drop that. Um, so it, there's a little bit of coaching movement to keep an eye on. A lot of player movement to keep an eye on. Um, since I brought that up, I, a rumor apparently is Jack Eichel and the Arizona Coyotes could be a possible pairing. Which, oh. God, uh, that that uh, would end so poorly for Jack Eichel. The Rangers Please. and the Kings are still allegedly, you know, interested in Eichel. I, I feel like 95% of the league is interested in Eichel. Agreed. Uh, yeah. Those who are in cap hell. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say 95% of the league is interested in Jack Eichel and 75% of those teams are not able to get him. And they can't afford him. So <laughs> cough, cough, San Jose, cough, cough. <laughs> Nobody can afford this man except for like a handful of teams. And obviously those are the teams that are in on him. Um, all right. Yeah. We'll keep, uh, we'll keep a look at the whole coaching and player thing. Obviously when we hear news, you will hear news. Um, but yeah, to wrap up the episode, a little bit of fun for Mark Shifley. Uh, as we know, the North division has yet to begin their playoff games. Uh, and uh, so I guess Mark Shifley decided to take this uh, little bit of time off to, uh, uh, get two goats, which he has named Tiger Woods and Tom Brady. <laughs> His favorite athletes and probably oh. of their sport. Oh, you incredible. think he made a den outside outside for him? I mean, oh, I, sure hope so. I don't know if they're indoor goats. I don't, I don't know if that's there's such thing. things as indoor goats. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I have not read the uh owning goats for dummies book so 
uh, but he he probably did. Uh, he brought them to practice on uh, on Saturday. He posted a photo on Instagram, and apparently the uh, Tom Brady and uh, Tiger Woods couldn't really hold their bows because they uh, no. pooped on the ice. <laughs> but uh, I do have a quote. Really um, funny. Shifley was interviewed about it and uh, during the media availability on Monday, and he said, uh, quote, I think I've been a goat owner for a, a month and a half, maybe. I've got two baby goats and named them after my favorite athletes in uh, Woods and Brady. Uh, he also continued to say, they're fun little guys. They're energetic. They're pretty fun to hang out with. So I brought them to the rink the other day, and they were buzzing around on the ice. So it was pretty cool to see that. I want video of those goats just going a wall on the ice, going crazy. I mean, we've yes. seen the dogs do it, and I love when the dogs are playing fetch with the puck on the ice. I need me some goat hockey right now. I need goat content. I, I need, need yes, and I'm not talking greatest of all, all time content. I, I need, I mean, actual goat like bah, kind of content. I need that. Bad, oh, exactly. But I do, I do wonder if Mark Shifley feels bad about all the shit on the ice. <laughs> <laughs> ah! Thank you. Oh, Thank what you. a terrible dad joke! Oh, that was bad. Uh, it's a great, also, way to, great way to end the episode. Yeah, that that dad yeah, joke is a great way to end the episode. There. Thank you. Thank oh you. my goodness! Well done, <laughs> Adam. You. And that'll conclude this episode of On the Power Play. Remember, everybody, go buy the merch. It is buy in the our bios. Buy our merch, our please. Two social media pages: Twitter and Instagram, both at OTPP Pod. Stay the tuned merch. for next week. Buy the merch. Stay tuned or to we the will... socials. Oh, wait. Do we, we, do you have some there? Buy the merch. Buy the merch. Buy the merch. We will send Mark Shifley's goats to shit on your kitchen floor. We will. We will absolutely we'll do have, We'll find a way. Have, we'll find we got a way. People's Damn GM. It. I was going to say, I'm the people's GM. I have connections. He is, he is the GM of the Jets True. people. Those goats will come <laughs> oh, no. to your home. Okay, I paid. I paid to clean the ice. Help. Exactly. All right. Thanks everybody for listening to this episode of On the Power Play. We will catch you guys next week. Okay, everybody.